All right, welcome back to the OSU Sports Extra podcast, um, season three, episode three. You're listening to Juwan Lee right now, and I got my guy Dean Rule. You know, we're still getting acclimated to each other and stuff, but I think it's been a pretty good chemistry so far. Um, how are you doing today, Dean? I'm doing great, and I think yeah, early returns are that that this this is a great chemistry, and I think the uh, the viewership has showed that the interest, the listeners, the comments, it, it's all been going good, and so uh, yeah, this has been a great experiment. And hey, Tuan, we we we've got a football game to uh, to cover here in a couple of days, which is always a great time of year. There's it's Thursday afternoons. So there's going to be some football on this this evening some big 12 football even it's weird to say it's weird to see ucf uh under the big 12 tab when you're looking at college football <laughs> scores for the week. that's going to take a second for me to get used to but big 12 football tonight uh utah's playing they're about to be a big 12 school so it's a great time of year again you know speaking of getting into the the rhythm of things are you in your rhythm already as you said we have a football game saturday are you in rhythm I am in rhythm. I've hit the point of the preseason, and granted, we are only two days away from the first game. But I hit, I hit the point this morning. I said, you know what? I've written extensively about just just about everything with this football team. Let, let's play a game. It's time to play a game. Let's see what this looks like. Let's get something official out there on the books. Let's get you know tallies in the win loss column going and. Uh, so I, I've hit that point. So I'm, I've hit that means I've hit that rhythm. I'm ready for this thing to get going. Well, I love to hear that. And, you know, the last time me and you were on the pod, we spent extensive time talking about the offensive side of the ball. And we promised we promised our audience that before the start of the season that we would get a defensive analysis going. Now we're going to kind of mash a couple of things in between, you know, analyzing the defense and also giving you guys our thoughts and opinions on, on the game Saturday. But what I want to bring up is a really great article that, that Dean had actually wrote, you know, yesterday was getting inside the mind of OSU's D coordinator, Brian Nardo. Um, you, you touched on a couple great points in that article. And if you don't mind, can you kind of kick us off with, how is he feeling heading into this game and what are you kind of expecting from this defense heading into this game? Right. So when we talk about OSU's defense, it all trickles down from Brian Nardo, who maybe in a couple of years, when we look back on, on this off season, he, he might've been the most important move made by, by OSU's program because you, what OSU did is they brought in a, 37-year-old defensive coordinator from the Division II level whose experience pretty much has only been in Division II football. And, and you're elevating them up to the Power Five level. And what is that like? That's that, that The article you're referencing that we published uh, Thursday morning is what what is that experience like? You know, he's talked about how life-changing this move has been, not just from a monetary standpoint but from a you know environment you are you know you're coming from he, he kind of mentioned you've got people in the hundreds at games you know maybe a couple hundred people in attendance for when you're playing a division two football game in uh, Pennsylvania it's it's so small now you're going to be always oh, you announced earlier this week this game is a sellout a, a non-conference game against Central Arkansas is a sellout that's about 52,000 fans. Um, 
you know, what, what, what is that like? Where are the nerves at when you're going from that environment to, to this giant environment? And it's interesting. He brought up, he was, his career technically started at Ohio when he was a graduate assistant and he was in charge of signaling in the plays, not calling the plays, but signaling the plays into the defense. And uh, one of the first games that they played in was at the horseshoe in Columbus and attendance that day was of 105,000 people. So he said, his approach is kind of, whether it's a hundred people or a hundred thousand people you're playing in front of, you need to keep, you know, it's just football. You're going to get those, those butterflies people always talk about because it's football, it's kickoff. It's, it's exciting. People get amped up for that. And if you don't have that feeling, you're probably in the wrong profession. Right. But right. So he, he talked a lot about, you know, trying to keep himself level and not letting, you know, things get out of control because if you do that, then you're not helping anybody else out. So I think it was very interesting to hear what he had to say. And yeah, I think as we get into this defensive analysis, it all stems back to him being hired, his new system he's spent the past eight months implementing and how OSU is going to kind of maximize that with the players they have on their roster. Yeah. And just continue and just continue with that, Dean, what are a couple of things that you feel as the fans should Keep an eye on as he goes into his first Power Five game this Saturday. Right. So, obviously, the first thing I think a lot of fans are going to notice is it's there's no more even front on the defensive line. It's all odd front. There's going to be three guys there. And something else OSU fans maybe are going to notice right off the bat, there's going to be three linebackers instead of two that were customary when uh, with Jim Knowles and Derek Mason – so you're going okay. with a three, three, five stack. Obviously, uh, a defense like that, there's a lot of different variations. His variation of it, I, I think, really relies on speed, versatility, kind of it allows athletes to be athletes a little bit, give them gives them a bit more freedom. Uh, and that's why somebody since Brian Arnold's been hired, and it's why I think a lot of fans out there probably have heard you know, to expect big things from Kendall Daniels, who's, you know, a six foot five safety, who's going to be playing kind of in that center field role. And that's the best way I can kind of explain it. He's almost <laughs> a center fielder in this defense because um, he can drop back in coverage because he'll be playing as a safety, but he can come forward as a linebacker. Uh, same with, you know, Colin Oliver is probably another name a lot of fans have been told to expect big things from because he has moved back to linebacker, but Obviously, the past two seasons, he was on the defensive end, and that gives OSU just another kind of element to this defense and in, in the composition of this because, well, now Colin Oliver's versatile because you can move him up to the defensive end if you want to and, and bounce him back and forth there. Right. Um, so I think those are kind of the main points and, and things that for fans who maybe haven't been as locked in this off season. Those are some of the things I would say to pay attention to in that first game, because you're only going to three, see three down linemen for the most part, and you're going to see three linebackers and you're going to see some variation with how safeties and cornerbacks are lined up.
Right. Um, and you know, Dean, just kind of sticking with some of that analysis, I want to throw a couple want to throw a couple numbers on you from the last time that Oklahoma State actually played Central Arkansas, which was in 2015. Um, OSU came away with a 32 to 8 victory. Um Mason Rudolph had a field day, 400 yards passing. You know, the defense holds them to eight points. Kind of looking at this defense and the Central Arkansas offense, how do you feel that the two match up with one another? I think this is a great test for OSU. Maybe not so much with the competition, but a test to see how all of their personnel fits together because – as as we talked about, you know, or actually, actually, we never really talked about it, but the depth chart came out and there's a lot of variance and there's a lot of, you know, Mike Gundy said there's going to be positions that they're going to play multiple players at in this game. And so I think, and that's not to say, you know, right central Arkansas off, this is going to be a, you know, 65 to zero game. I think <laughs> there's going to be, there is a level of competition, but I also think what's, going to be important about this game is for OSU to maybe solidify some of those spots a little more than just, you know, we have, especially a position like quarterback or on the defensive side, you know, middle linebacker, there's a competition going on there and how this defensive line looks because there's so much depth. Um, I I think this is a, a great opportunity for OSU early in the season to maybe get a better feel for what they have and what's going to work going forward. You know, a couple, you know, a couple minutes ago, you kind of referenced not riding this Central Arkansas team. Do you kind of get a feel that that's happening a little bit? I know it's, I know it's the season opener, so everybody's excited to, to, you know, to get things going. But I kind of looked at a stat earlier that, you know, that OSU against teams of of this level is twenty seven and zero in their in their history. Do you feel like it's a focus on this game, or they've been kind of written off a little bit? No, I, I think it's always going to be a focus because, you know, something interesting that I, I haven't really heard discussed too much, and I, I wrote a little bit about this. Um, so for people interested to go a little more in depth, uh, check it out tomorrow mo- or Friday morning. Uh, you know, they have a veteran quarterback, Central Arkansas does, who, um, you know, three years ago, he, he played at Northern Iowa is where he started. He took a top 25 Iowa State team to triple overtime. So he's got wow. So there's a little bit of power five experience there for him, right? Right, um, right. And also three more years on top of that. So now he's a veteran. You know, he's got this Central Arkansas team. I think a lot kind of gets focused on OSU's first quarterback test could be against when they go to Arizona State and they'll face true freshman Jaden Rashada. You know, a high profile mm-hmm. recruit kind of was in the news a lot uh, this offseason because he was at Florida, then he was at Arizona State. But I think this quarterback that they have, his name, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's Will McEvane. (laughs) Sounds right to me. M-C-E-L-V-A-I-N. That's how you spell the last name. Anyway, he's a veteran. He had great stats. You know, he completed 62% of his passes last year, 2,600 yards, 18 touchdowns. Point being, I think this will be a pretty good test for how this defense looks, how this defense fits together. 
So I'm not saying, you know, just, oh, she's writing them off. I think this is somebody that maybe you got a game plan for a little bit and see how you stack up. At the end of the day, Central Arkansas does not have a, a power five roster, right? Right. They're not too deep is not full of power five guys. So I'm not saying it's it, for the, to expect a close game because uh, just last season, Central Arkansas played Ole Miss and they lost that 59 to three. So I, I wouldn't say expect a close game, but there are things always you can take out of this game that's going to be important, especially facing a quarterback like this. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually would love for you to elaborate when you talk about things that they can take out of this game as it pertains to when we get deeper in the season and maybe how they match up against other other teams. What are some things you're hoping to see that this team can really lean on moving forward? I think we've talked about it on every podcast we've done together, Juwan. I think you want to see more definition at the quarterback position. I still think mm-hmm. Alan Bowman is probably pretty solidly the number one guy. You're probably going to see Garrett Rangel. You're probably going to see Gunnar Gundy on Saturday. I think they're going to play some mixture of those guys. I don't know what snap counts are going to be. I don't know how that breaks down is will be determined on Saturday when they actually do start playing. I still think Alan Bowman is solidly the number one guy in, in, in this offense at that position. But when you talk about things you want to see on Saturday, this is something I think a lot of fans are going to want to see. How does he look? How does Alan Bowman look? How much does he end up playing? And, you know, is there still that rust from not playing in the past two, not consistently playing the past two years? I think that's one thing to focus on and sticking with the offense. There's been a ton of intrigue and discussion about this run game and fixing it after it was so dismal last year between, you know, average yards per carry. You know, they had three games rushing for less than 60 yards. That's not going to win you a lot of games. And so I think they've reinvented – a lot of the offensive line and the, the run blocking and they brought back traditional tight ends and fullbacks and they brought in a veteran running back. So how does that all fit together? What does that look like? I think that's another thing people are going to want to kind of keep an eye on as they watch this Saturday. And then on the defensive side, you just want to see, I think, cohesion. How how tight is this group? How well does it look? You know, are there are there parts that need to continue to be worked on. Obviously all the returns from fall camp have been, we're at where we wanted to be, you know, we're keep the, the, I think Mike Gundy and Brian Nardo have said they want to keep the defense as simple as they can. And just kind of, as there's kind of this, this turnover, or I guess turnover is not the right word, but as they kind of get moving along further and further, keep it simple, let guys make plays but continue to build off of these found this foundation that, that Brian Nardo has set. So I think those are the things that I would kind of pinpoint of three things to follow in a way. Those are the three of them that, that I think really need to fans are going to want to pay attention to. Now, Dean referencing another article that you wrote that I, that I really liked was ranking OSU's games from least intriguing to, to most intriguing. I'm pretty sure most people can assume what the most intriguing game of this year is going to be, but if you can't, then go ahead and go to TulsaWorld.com and read Dean's article. But 
least intriguing in the number 12 spot, you had Central Arkansas. Kind of walk me through what led you to your decision to put them there in that ranking. So, so once again, well, I'll say this. Number one, everybody can guess what it is. It's like, you know, Juwan, when you have the number one pick in fantasy football, you can't get cute there. <laughs> you just have yeah. to take the guy that everybody says is number you, you can't try to be, you know, unique and creative and and no you just got to take and you just got to <laughs> take the guy that everybody says is the number one pick um and so yeah so the most intriguing obviously has to be OU because it's the last bedlam for the foreseeable future but no I put Central Arkansas here because if you look at this schedule and I think OSU has a very favorable non-conference schedule as well as conference schedule outside of you know OU that's going to be a tough game K-State's going to be a tough game but they're getting all four of the new Big 12 schools. On top of that, you know, you got like West Virginia, Iowa State's going through a lot of stuff off the field. So I think it all it all is favorable for OSU. And so you look at some of those games, and I think with Central Arkansas, the intrigue is not so much with the opponent. It's with the team. Because, you know, let's go back eight months ago. There were all kinds of questions about turnover, a bunch of guys hopping in, a bunch of starters hopping in the transfer portal. You know, I think there was a little bit of concern about the culture, I guess, within the program, but they've made it through that. They've gotten to the end of the tunnel. We're about to play, or OSU's about to play its first football game in eight months. What is this? Or nine months no eight months eight months what is this going to look like and so I think the intrigue stems not so much from the opponent which is why I put Central Arkansas at number 12 but more so just what does this OSU group look like what kind of a product are they putting out there right and yeah I mean again if you want to go look at Dean's full lease I mean, full list of, of all the season games. I really encourage you to go look at that. And, you know, especially if you're trying to get yourself ramped in. So we talked about getting in the rhythm of the season. If you want to get in the rhythm of the season and see what some of these big games are that OSU has on their schedule, please go, please go look at that article. Um, you know, just kind of looking at some of the impact players you have. We have Corey Black, we have Nicholas Martin, we have Colin Clay. Of those three guys that I kind of just mentioned, who are you really looking for to stand out? this Saturday to you? It's interesting. I'd probably say in terms of what you'll see Saturday, Corey Black would probably have the biggest impact. Um, It's interesting. They have a ton of defensive line depth out of nowhere. The reason being they've gone from that even front to to an odd front uh, on the defensive line. So now there's only one interior defensive lineman and they've been recruiting for two interior defensive linemen for, you know, five, six, seven years at this point. And they've shifted a couple guys to the edge. The point being, there's a ton of depth there on the defensive line. And Mike Gundy said a week or two ago, they're comfortable rotating. They're comfortable, comfortable playing 10 to 11 different guys on that line in the first half. So I think defensive line, weeks into into the season, maybe somebody really does stand out and eat up a bunch of those snaps, as many snaps as as 
oh, she was comfortable giving. But this year, it almost feels like by committee in a way, like just keep that defensive line as fresh as you can, keep rotating guys in and out. And so I think that's what you're going to see on the defensive line, whereas somebody like Corey Black, he's solidified. He's the cornerback. He's the oldest cornerback or has the most experience at OSU in that cornerback room. Uh, And so I'd say he will have a – I think he'll be quietly one of the – might be – he'll be a top three defensive guy. I think quietly he could finish as one of the top three guys on OSU's defense. I guess to fit, yeah, round out that list, I'd probably say Kendall Daniels, Colin Oliver, Corey Black. Those guys could probably finish the season as your one, two, three best best assets on the defensive side. Um, Nicholas Martin is an interesting case because he kind of Mike Gundy sees him as a as a future leader in that defense, despite how young he is. And then on the two deep, he's listed in a position battle with. Justin Wright, who is a, a sixth-year transfer from Tulsa, who I think for most of the offseason, a lot of people looked at and said, you know, he's just going to be a plug-and-play, throw him at middle linebacker, what he's used to doing, and it's going to work out great. But it looks like Nicholas Martin might be contending a little bit for, for considerable time at that spot. And before, you know, before we kind of get to some of your predictions on the game, I wanted to ask you, is there any sneaky players, offense or defense, where do you feel like fans should keep an eye on? Maybe somebody that hasn't been talked about as much. I'll do this. I'll give you one on each side. Okay. I would say on offense, a name to watch would be Talon Chitron. Uh, going into his redshirt freshman year, highly recruited guy out of um, the in-state, highly recruited in-state guy. Made some plays last year, but dealt with some injuries, and, and he's listed on the two deep. I think he's part of that younger wide receiver core that really could develop into something um, this year or over the next year or two uh, at OSU. And then on the defensive side, I think Cam Smith, who is scheduled to start alongside Corey Black at cornerback, um, he he kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit last year, made some plays, made some rookie mistakes as well. But I think mm-hmm. another offseason and him kind of knowing he was go- he's going to be in that starting role, I think he could have a really kind of under-the-radar season as well. I like that. So you heard you heard Dean's you heard Dean's guys again. It's a six o'clock kickoff, right, Dean? Yep. Six o'clock kickoff. You heard our impact players, under the radar players, what what Dean's looking for on both sides of the ball. Let's finally get to some predictions. What do you at the end of the day feel like Oklahoma State is gonna go out and do? And then give me a score if you can. I think this game is going to start fast. I think there's going to be a lot of offense. Um, I, I went back and forth. I typed out a couple of scores. And I'm just looking at them, and there's one that that I'm going to go with. Um, but I think it's going to start fast. You're going to see the offense maybe maximize on its potential to start, uh, if that if that makes sense. I think the run game is going to start good. The passing game is going to start good. I think it's just going to be a well-oiled machine. Um, I think it'll eventually slow down. I think 
as they kind of start to rotate in guys, see what they exactly have, figure that out. I think it's going to slow down a little bit, but I think OSU escapes pretty comfortably uh, to open the season. I'm going somewhere in the ballpark of 42 to 17. Um, given, I'm giving Central Arkansas a couple touchdowns there because they do have that veteran quarterback. I think he's going to put some points on the board. He's going to be able to move that offense somewhat efficiently. Uh, so I'm going I'm going in the ballpark of 42 to 17 final score. I think I'm going to have my final score is Oklahoma State 52, Central Arkansas 13. I'm with you. I don't think the game will necessarily be close. You know, I mentioned the numbers earlier against FCS programs, 27 and 0. Oklahoma State hasn't really had too much of an issue here in this department. So I think they start off with a with a positive win here in their season opener. We can get back on the podcast next week, look confident about, you know, about some of the players that you talked about today. And with that, you know, do you have any final comments that you want to make before before kickoff Saturday? I think other than I'm ready for kickoff, um, we'll have some good stuff. I, I implore everybody who's listening now, Check back in uh, osusportsextra.com, tulsaworld.com. It's all it's all the same thing, but wherever <laughs> you go, um, we're going to have some great content. We're going to have stories you're going to want to read uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. So just kind of stay locked in, see what we're doing, and uh, we'll make it worth your while. Dean has written some great stuff this summer. He's going to continue to put out great content. If you And if you haven't known yet, he's he knows what he's talking about. He's a very intelligent writer. And I, I appreciate getting the opportunity to talk to him every week about OSU. And we appreciate y'all taking a few minutes out your day to, to join us. You know, podcast is available on all platforms and it's free. So like, share, comment, and... We'll see you back here next week on the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Thanks.